This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf spot, eh? Good evening, Wolves fans. It's little Dan here hosting the latest Wolves fancast match preview episode. And it's absolutely boiling hot on this Thursday night. I hope wherever you're joining us, you're okay, healthy and keeping safe. Tonight, we'll be discussing game week two of the Premier League, touching on the latest transfer news out of Molyneux, Connor Cody's exit, Gonzalo Geddes' arrival and whatever the latest is with Morgan Gibbs-White. On tonight's episode, I've got with me Jeffo and Kim. Uh, Kim, how are you? Um, sound, apart from being boiling hot, but yeah, all good, thank you. Ready to hit Molyneux, a very hot Molyneux on Saturday, so yeah, all good. All, all eager to get back to Molyneux, how are you, Jeffo? I'm good, man, looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting back down the Molyneux on Saturday. It's safe, it's a bit warm. Oof, no, I'm not looking forward to that bit. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute scorcher on Saturday, apparently. Uh, T-shirts and shorts weather again. Obviously, the big news coming out of Molyneux this week is the exit of club captain, leader, legend Connor Cody. Uh, joined Everton on loan for the rest of the season with an option to buy. Uh, what was your thoughts on that, Jeffo? Uh, I was saying on the um, on the preview for the last game that it's strange if he leaves, and I think I still think it's a little bit strange that he's gone at this point. Um, I think a lot of the the conversations that are coming out, people are trying to find conspiracies behind it, and we're it's just like okay, the lad wants to play football. We all knew was if we went to a back four that he wasn't going to get game time, and he was going to have to fight for his place. So he's took what you might describe as an easy route out it's a, and go to, go to Everton on loan, which is, you know, he's going to get some game time there. So it's the easy road, road and it means that he still plays and he gets on that, that flight to the World Cup then, so be it. Any frustration in regards to the actual transfer scenario, that option to, to bike him? Well, yeah, because I think I actually said to my friend, I said, if we... Loan Connor Cody. I am cutting up my season ticket. This was before it, <laughs> before it happened, and obviously it happened. Obviously, I have gone back on that, but I just, I'm, I can understand the reasons as to why we've let him go, and obviously he had a desire to to play football, and that's fair enough. But I would have just preferred if we'd have actually made a clean break and actually got some money. Um, back for him, like you know, I'm up here in sort of this five million, the five million uh loan fee. But I'd like to have for us to just got 15 20 million up front and being able to reinvest it in the team because that's my worry now. I think it's fair enough that we're going to play a back four and he doesn't fit into that. But if we were to lose the next sort of few few games, then would we need to go back to a back five potentially just to get some points on the board? And if that's the case, then obviously Cody's the best was the best person to come back into the team. So it's a difficult one. 
it was a bold move by Bruno. Rumours sort of coming out of the club is that uh, Bruno set his stall out quite early in, into the pre-season, letting Cody know that he wasn't in his plans for the 22-23 season. I mean, I think a lot of the fan base last summer would have reasoned with Bruno if he came in and done that straight away. Um, but after the last season, the, the lack of goals, 38 league goals in, in the Premier League season is just not good enough. If, if you're not going to be sort of competing for the European places or in a relegation battle, the least they can do is entertain us. And I think that's the sort of instruction that Bruno has been given by the board uh, this summer. And I so, do agree. Uh, I do agree with you, but I just think there's still players that we need to bring in to be able to comfortably play that formation, i.e. some central midfielders to play alongside Neves. The area on the pitch where we haven't got like two players for each position. Like the centre-back now, we've got, if we're going to play two, then we've got five, you know what I mean? In the midfield, like you say, we haven't got enough players. We've got, we've still got the same three that we went into the start of the season last with. So that, that's something that still needs addressing. I was sort of quick on my social media uh, at the weekend, giving Leander Dendonka the praise that I thought he deserved. I thought he was absolutely solid. He wasn't outstanding. He just did what he was asked to do. He got himself into some decent positions again. Obviously, he wasn't clinical with his finishing. But apart from the two decent sides by Melia, I thought he was probably in the running for man of the match on, um, on Saturday against Leeds. But as good as Leander Dendonka is... He needs to be upgraded. Obviously, Mateus Nunes keeps on being linked to Wolves. Whether that's an actual feasible transfer, we'll have to see by the end of this window. Uh, Man City and Liverpool have apparently come out in the last couple of days saying that they're not going to be sort of chasing that sign in this summer. I think they're both sort of primed to tussle, it, tussle over um, Jude Bellingham next summer. So, hopefully we can get Nunes, but we'll see. One of the players that has been linked away from Wolves constantly over the last few weeks is Morgan Gibbs-White. Nottingham Forest have apparently placed a bid of around £42 million for Morgan Gibbs-White, £25 million up front and £17 million in add-ons. Um, listening to those figures there, Jeff, uh, £25 million up front, is that something that would uh, tease you into maybe offloading the Stafford Bourne midfielder? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about this all day. Uh, and I think, as I said earlier in, in, when I was talking to you about it, that 25 million and then if we get 5 million in easy add-ons, like you say, if they stop up or he gets a certain amount of games, then I think 30 million pound. And then if we get something further down the line, is is more than fair for a player who's had one good season in the championship. I mean, you've got to remember, this is a player that's still only got one Premier League goal and one Premier League assist to his name. It's... It's a lot of it's a lot of money for a player to play at this level. Nottingham Forest are throwing some serious serious money at this uh, attempt to stay up this season. Obviously, Steve Cooper, uh, great coach for what he's done so far. Was unlucky not to take Swansea up a season or so ago. Uh, obviously, he's got a bit of history with Morgan Gibbs White at the England. Uh, was it under 16s, under 17s that they won yeah. the one tournament? So obviously, he's got a big appetite to get Morgan Gibbs White there uh, this summer. Obviously linking him up with Jesse Lingard. On paper, it's quite an exciting prospect for Nottingham Forest fans, but they haven't, they still haven't really bought anyone, in my opinion, that suggests they've got enough to stay up. What, what's your opinions on on the move with uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, Kim? I'm just shocked that the bids just keep seem to be going higher and higher. I mean, it feels like we. I think we probably will sell him in the end, but I just think we're holding out for 
as much money as they're likely to stump up and it feels like they're probably just going to keep going higher and higher with their bidding until until they get get him essentially and now we've bought in Guedes I just don't see why we wouldn't sell him almost because you know we can almost use that money for for Guedes and then obviously have some change and and buy some other players and I just don't think he's destined to do well for Wolves Morgan Gibbs White I've just got this feeling that with the we, he's had some altercations with the fans a little bit hasn't he like over time and I just feel like he tries so hard to impress sometimes that he just doesn't tend to do the basics very well and he you know he's still trying his little flicks and tricks where I don't think the fans have got much patience whereas if he moves to Forest I think you know he knows he's going to be playing every week you know if they buy him in for that much money so yeah I would literally drive him there tomorrow personally. Uh, speaking of Gonzalo Guedes, we've got an absolute cracking guest of us tonight. It's Gonzalo Guedes, everyone. Only kidding. I wish we had. Obviously, we haven't got the budget for John Ruddy or Gonzalo Guedes. We've got John Paul at Wolves for sale on Facebook and Instagram. How are you doing, John? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I had a bit of a technical difficulty back then. We're all good. Um, Glad to have you yeah, on. Just give us a brief sort of rundown of your social media channels, what, you, what you're doing on a sort of daily basis and how you came about being a Wolves fan. Uh, so being a Wolves fan, uh, started going to the games about 96, so just towards the end of sort of Steve Ball, Robbie Keane sort of era. Um, then it's been going ever since, sort of on and off, I guess, mainly. Then again, the last sort of seven, eight years, I've pretty much gone home and away, as much well away as much as I can. Um, set up the Wolves page in, I think it's about May on Facebook, so it's Wolves Buy, Sell, Swap and Show. Uh, set up in May and then we've just, we're about to hit 3,000 members within the last sort of three or four months, which is pretty good. And then I got my Instagram as our walls for sale. Um, so selling shirts pretty much every day or every other day across there. And then we've got some great members on the group. We've got Eddie Honda, who's a sort of match-worn specialist on there. I'll do more replica sort of shirts. Um, and then we've got Steve Plant as well. He's got a lot of involvement on there. So it's going pretty well. Yeah. Just give the uh, viewers at home just a brief rundown on the on the shirt that you're wearing currently, because that's a bit of a, oh, okay. a rare yeah. one, isn't it? <laughs> So I thought I was having a dig through. I was trying to decide which one to sort of pull out the bag for the uh, the podcast. But this is uh, so this is the 2000 shirt. Um, this is one of the concept designs for that year. So Admiral put this forward to the club. Um, the club decided to go with the WWFC branding instead and went with a sort of rusty gold colour that year. Uh, but yeah, so this is a one-off shirt. Um, as far as I know, this is the only one that was made. I'm sure there was others, but. They're sort of in the darker wardrobe somewhere, I'm sure. But yeah, I picked this up a couple of weeks ago. Steve Plant. Yeah, it's one of the more rarer ones. Speaking of Wolves shirts, Wolves Fancast currently have a shirt competition on at the moment. All you have to do is obviously go onto Twitter, search Wolves Fancast, obviously at W-O-L-V-E-S-F-A-N-C-A-S-T and find our pinned tweet. Find the print. Once you find the, the pinned tweet, make sure you're following Wolves Fancast Press the retweet on the pinned tweet and we'll be picking a winner before the 3 p.m. kickoff uh, on Saturday at home to Fulham. You can, as a, just to repeat, all you have to do is uh, retweet our pinned tweet, follow Wolves Fancast and you'll be in the running for a new Wolves home or away shirt of your choice. Thanks for those who continue to follow Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min uh, Network this week. Um Game week two of Premier League, Wolves are home to Fulham. 
Uh, last night, uh, Wolves were actually drawn at home to Preston North End in the second round of the Carabao Cup North. Uh, a few other ties there, Bolton versus Aston Villa. Leeds at home to Barnsley in a sort of Yorkshire derby. Uh, Tramia at home to Newcastle. I don't think there's any other big clubs there worth worth mentioning, to be honest, guys. So we'll, uh, we'll quickly jump back to game week two of the Premier League. Obviously mentioned Wolves at home to Fulham. Uh, Aston Villa, Everton kick off the weekend, 12.30 on BT Sport. Arsenal versus Leicester, 3 o'clock. Brighton, Newcastle, 3 o'clock. Man City, Bournemouth, 3 o'clock. Southampton, Leeds, Wolves and Fulham finish off the 3 o'clock kickoffs, And then the Saturday night, uh, half-five kickoff is Brentford versus Man United. Any uh, sort of fixtures there, Kim, that ticker you fancy apart from Wolves versus Fulham? I can see a lot of goals in uh, Man City, Bournemouth for obvious reasons. I think... Uh, yeah, Bournemouth might be uh, on their own goal line for the whole game. Um, Arsenal-Leicester, I can see Arsenal probably doing well. I don't think Leicester defensively are are uh, going to be great this season. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think just goals, I think. Southampton-Leeds again, probably quite, quite a good game um, in terms of probably goals because both teams look awful defensively. Um and I fancy Brentford to turn Man United over. So that would be nice for our five game. I did. I think Jamie Carragher first uh, made the comment about Eric Ten Hag calling, calling him Eric Ten Mumps. The pressure's really starting to rise on him already, isn't it? Obviously, away to Brentford on, on Saturday, another defeat there and lack of transfer activity. And he's uh, really under pressure, isn't he, Jeffer? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's almost like. Um... A must-win game, second game of the season for him. Um, I mean, they, were, they were so inept and pathetic against Brighton last week. Um, I, th- I watched a video this morning where somebody was counting out the amount of mistakes they made for the first goal, and there were seven individual mistakes on the pitch in the lead-up to that first goal. It was it was um, an absolute catalogue of errors, and it's it's difficult. It, it, Ten Hag's got one of the hardest jobs in football right now. That club has... has um, it's it's a complete rebuild, you know. The, you have to look at what Ferguson did in his final seasons there, and I know that's a long time ago now. But all that work was done with next to nothing, and uh, they can't invest. Man United, although they throw lots of money, they've not really when they've done it, they've done it badly. And then now they can't do it; they can't invest in the right areas because no one will sell them because everyone's doing inflated prices. Um, I think Gary Neville made the uh, comment on Sunday when Manchester United were linked to the signing of Marco Arnautovic and he said the first thing you do when Man United call is reject the bid. It's like we said, as soon as Man United are mentioned, you just you, you double your asking fee, don't you? Um, John, looking at those those fixtures there, um, if you had to sort of put your money on, on one side other than Man City to pick up the three points, who are you putting your money on? I think I'd probably be looking at Arsenal, to be honest. Um I think, I don't know what's happened to Leicester in the last sort of, well, since the transfer window. I mean, losing Schmeichel for one million. Um, there just seems to be a lot going on there behind the scenes, I think. And the way Arsenal can play, um, I know they're inconsistent as well. I just see Arsenal bagging a few goals at home there. Should be a good game, Arsenal versus Leicester. Obviously, Arsenal looked quite exciting the first probably half an hour against Crystal Palace before Palace came back into the game on Friday. Uh, Sinchenko and Gabriel Jesus seem to have made a massive uh, impact for Arsenal. Uh, any sort of, um, obviously, 
apart from Man City. Kim, who's your your money on for the three points that this weekend? Um, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Apart from, as you say, Man City are a home banker. Arsenal, you'd expect to win. Um, I think all the rest seem to be quite fifty-fifty, don't they? They are really. I think you'd probably just about back Villa to beat Everton, but again, wouldn't be surprised if we had a whole host of draws, including a, including our game there. But yeah, I can't. I can just see like both teams are scoring a lot of the games. I can see quite close games, which can. You know, um, obviously Liverpool, though, you'd expect to win on Monday um, against Palace. Um, and just loads of goals. Chelsea Spurs, actually. Um, I can see Tottenham beating Chelsea, actually. Um, I think Son on the break with Kulisewski and, and Kane will be... I think they'll really put Chelsea to the test there. I do think sort of a 3-1 win. Um, but, yeah be interesting it's hard to it's hard to give a prediction isn't it this is so early in the season um so yeah match of the day two on on sunday evening should be a great watch for the neutral but obviously we're not neutrals on this show walls versus fulham three o'clock on saturday um i'm not sure how many of you actually caught much of the the fulham liverpool game but from what i saw fulham were very unlucky not to to pick up the three points did you catch it john yeah, I saw uh, a lot of the highlights. I thought they were good. Um, Mitrovic definitely made his presence known first game of the season. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks about whether he can hack it in the Prem or not. Uh, I think starting with two goals, he couldn't have really done much else there. He seemed to catch Alexander-Arnold sleeping on the first one. Um, I think possession-wise, uh, Liverpool, as you expected, the sort of the majority of the possession, but Fulham definitely took their chances. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a good test for us, especially starting with a... Well, being new to the back four as well, I think it'd be a good test to see how we form out with that. A lot of eyes will be on João Polinho, won't they, Saturday, Jeffo? Yeah, it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see him, uh, see him down at Molyneux. I thought we might see him in a wool shirt this season, but it is what it is. But um, yeah, I thought he played really well against Liverpool. Um, his defensive metrics during that game, I, it was just, just incredible for someone who's just come into the league. So it's yeah, we'll see see how he gets somebody. Hopefully, hopefully he plays well, but uh, not so well that they take all the points. What what was your thoughts on the Fulham Liverpool game? Who stands out for you in that lineup, Kim? Um, I think Pereira's probably one to watch. Um, one for the uh, FPL bench as well, obviously, as most of the players who are on the game have. N- num- um, number eighteen, Andreas there for the uh, people who yes, aren't aware of Pereira. Yeah. Um, so he's probably one to watch, but I think, to be honest, all their play is going to be centred around Mitrovic, Mitrovic, isn't it? I mean, now we would have been having the conversation, oh, can Cody handle Mitrovic previously? Um, and now it's if the two sort of centre-backs can deal with him and if, you know, if he starts getting the better of them and, you know, holding the play up and bringing all of, all of his teammates into play... I think we could be in trouble. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that we are going to win the game. And that's a bit worrying now, considering although we've got a good run of fixtures, those fixtures are quickly are quickly going. And before we know it, we'll be into a run of, I think it's Man City and Liverpool we've got. I think it's after game week five. Um, so we really need to pick up something at least, I think, um, in this game. And then... I think, yeah, we've got Tottenham, haven't we? So I can't imagine we'll pick up much there. So, yeah, for me, really, 
No, it's, you can't you can't say it's a must win because it's the second game of the season. But we could do with at least getting some points on the board, couldn't we? It's got an air of a must win, hasn't it? After that defeat against Leeds and sort of tongue in cheek when I was in Benidorm watching Wolves versus Besiktas, it it was cheekily said that it was destined that we'd get beat by Leeds and then Jao Pelini would score the winner on 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 Saturday because it's just. The, the amount of effort and time that we spent trying to get Jao Pellini, obviously there was talks about him actually viewing houses in the area and whatnot, uh, for him, for Wolves not to sign him and then going down a different route. It's, and the way that he performed against Liverpool on Saturday, it's, it's going to be a game. Obviously, he's going to be key key in the battle of the midfield. Uh, Den Neves. Um, I mean, who, who else is likely to to start for, for Wolves on, on Saturday where, with the news that uh, Wangi Chan is apparently injured again? Uh, John, John Paul. Uh, I think I don't know. I know Gredes is obviously I think going to be the first choice, but with him just coming to the club, it's it's not always that common, is it? That they go straight into the the first eleven. Um, but then from there, where are we looking? I guess it's um, I don't know. There's talk that Traore is going to be fit. So do you look at Traore? Um, I'm not sure. Do you look at Ronan and then put Neto up front? Maybe uh, we just we feel that threadbare at the moment. It's quite difficult to. To see what the lineup's going to be, really, if that wangs out. Do you uh, do you throw Geddes in from the start, Kim? I think you have to, don't you? Because because we haven't got much other choice. I I literally cannot stand it when we play Pedence up top because he's literally, obviously, smaller than me. So it's kind of pointless to play someone that small up top. Who else are you going to pick up up front? I just think. At least Guedes, and I know he can play all across the, the front, but he has sort of played as a striker, albeit I think usually off another sort of main target man. But I think as as you've you've got you guys have said, obviously you don't usually bring a player who's just come in um and starting right away. But I'm not sure we've got sort of any other any other choice really. Um I can just see us having like four or five wingers on the pitch, but no one in the box. Again, um, so the quicker that Raul's back, the better. And I presume he might be back in the next couple of weeks. Um, but we need him back ASAP, really. Yeah, we, we need that focal point. I felt um, Fulham really marshalled Liverpool's front three quite well until uh, Darwin came on in the second half. I think having that focal point for Liverpool really pressed uh, Fulham back in that second half. And... They had quite a few chances. Uh, Jordan Henderson hit the bar. I think Liverpool would have been very fortunate to actually to steal the three points, but that's the sort of quality that they had. Obviously, we're missing uh, Jimenez, but for me, I think you've just got to throw Geddesh in from the start, see how much minutes you can get from him from the off. Hopefully, he can get a good error in him. Hopefully, just get on to a, get off to a good start, get a goal on his debut, and hopefully the adrenaline takes him to 90 if he's required. I think having... Adama back in the squad's a, a, a huge boost. I'm not sure where we are as a club in regards to selling him at the moment, what his agent's got in the pipeline for him. But how much of a boost is it for you, Jeff? how having him back? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, he offers something different. Um, he, he's the sort of player that we probably would need in the game like this. Um, just if he's coming off the bench, we say if we can get an hour out of Geddes and then the last 30 minutes you just bring Adama on, it's the sort of player, as we, you know, it's, it seems obvious to say, but he's the sort of player who will do something different. Uh, and, you know, he creates, creates chances and just and create havoc for the Fulham defence. So it's good to have him back in all reality. 
but yeah, I think Geddes has got to. Like, I'm with you. I think he, if he starts, he gets 60 minutes. That's really good. I think we've got to build him from there from the start because we are, as you say, struggling for um, struggling for forwards. Kim mentioned fancy Premier League a few moments ago, saying Andres Pereira is a, a must-have. Uh, Gonzalo Geddes was actually. Uh, announced as a £6 million midfielder on the Fancy Premier League app yesterday. Kim, I'll have to begrudgingly admit, he's currently leading the fancast private league. The actual uh, general public fancast league is currently being won by Rich Bradley with his team name, you Robin Cock, uh, on 96 points. Um, does Geddes at £6 million as a midfielder tickle your fancy, Kim? Mm, not. Not as of yet, just because you know the rules. You don't bring in a player that hasn't played in the league before, apart from Haaland. Um, so I think Neto and Pudence at 5.5 for Wolves, if you wanted a Wolves player, is probably more attractive. Um, there's obviously Martinelli around that price as well. So for me, I'd just wait and see. It's a bit too expensive for me. I think it should be in 5.5. Uh, Ed Marshall in the comments, typical Luke, his name is pending moderation. Uh, Ed, for your own sort of peace of mind, Luke's team name, which has been rejected by the Fancy Premier League, is Covidal19, which the world's just gone mad, hasn't it? For a, for a team like that, what, what is it? What's his uh, Arturo Vidal, isn't it? The midfielder. He's called his team name Covidal19, and the Fancy Premier League have rejected his uh, team nomination. Who would take offence to that? I, I, I generally don't know in today's yeah. world now who would take offence. Maybe they're just, uh, just targeted words like COVID and stuff as uh, teenagers to reject. Leander mm. uh, Dendonker on the Wolves website this week, uh, they had a bit of an article talking about the, the performance against Leeds and one of his main comments uh, in the article was, we've just got to score. <laughs> is there anything more is there any more truth to that I mean it, it, what more does the guy need to say I mean he, he missed two good chances on Saturday I, I generally think they were decent saves by Melier but what was your what was your performance or thoughts on the performance John against Leeds because me, me personally I thought we were quite quite nice on the eye during the majority of the game but just lacking that that critical edge in, in the final third yeah uh, I agree to be honest I think we had um Coming out the back of last season, I mean, I think the score was the limit, really, in terms of attacking play. Um, we seemed to link up pretty well. Uh, when you play, play people like Neto and Podence, you're always going to get a bit of trickery. Uh, Neto's sort of turn on the edge of the box was unbelievable against the two players. Um, but I, I think Dendonk is just sort of echoing the frustration that everyone at Wolves has got at the moment, isn't it? It's just goals is exactly what we need. Uh, and then going into game week two without an actual striker is going to be another big test for the players really it's going to show a lot of pressure on them um but on the whole i think there's a lot of positives to come from it uh we had more shots off target more shots on target more possession more passes um and they're all things that we were lacking at times last season so uh, again when you to do that against leeds away first game of the season is definitely a positive uh sort of positive thing to look at obviously it was your first away get uh, first away day of the season came on saturday to leeds just taking away the sort of blurry eyed from the little amount of uh, alcohol that you drank. Was there any negatives that you took away from the performance? I just think it was the the goals, wasn't it? The sloppiness of the goals. I feel like they could have been prevented. I felt like 
Saar, and I know he hasn't played much of pre-season. He seemed a little bit sort of out of the game and should have obviously saved the one when the, the goal went right under him. Um, I just worry that we're going to a back four and you obviously think, oh, great, we're going to score more goals. However, I'm still not convinced that we've got a team full of players who will score a lot of goals, if that makes sense. Um you know, maybe Guedes is maybe able, maybe able to add to the, the tally, and if Raúl comes back in and gives a you know starts to look a little bit more like himself, then maybe. But I just worry at the moment. I think I think we need more of a central midfielder who can sort of pop up with with goals because right now, as we know, Matilio Neves and Dendonka between them, you know, we're lucky if they score five between them in a season. Um, so. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit apprehensive, and I'll just be glad when we get some points on the board. Um, personally, we need a region, Colin Cameron. I don't know what Wolves rec- recruitment team are doing at the moment, but that's what we need—a proper midfielder who can do it all. Just those late runs into the boxes, like Le- like Leander Dendonka did just before half time on Saturday. Uh, but we just need to be clinical in that final third. It's that part of the show that I hate. It's score prediction uh, time. Neil Lewis in the comments. 5-1 Wolves win Saturday, guys and gals. I mean, Neil, I would absolutely bloody love it if we won 5-1 on Saturday. I'll take a 1-0, a, a but under Bruno Large this season, I want to see more goals. I'd rather see Wolves win 3-2 than stinking out games and trying to win 1-0. I'll uh, I'll come to you first. John is obviously a new guest on the show. What's your score prediction for Saturday? I'm sort of I'm in an hour in between 1-1 and 2-1, but being an optimist, I'm going to go 2-1. Um, yeah, I can see us getting the three points. Hopefully, it'd be great for us to get on the board. Obviously, uh, that those top six places are three points away at the moment, so we need to get back in there before it starts to drift away. Uh, Jeff, oh, your your prediction? Yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'm going to get two nil. Uh, Nuri and Geddes. Be great, wouldn't it? Geddes in the right. second half in front of the safe bank. Yeah, giving it large. Kim? I'm going to come across a little bit more negative now, but I'm going to go two two. I think we'll put the ball in the net, but I don't think we'll be look very good defensively. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get the three points at home on Saturday. I think it'll be two-one uh, Wolves. Uh, I'm I'm going with uh, two Geddes goals on Saturday. I've, I've I've already put the tweet out live. Uh, I think it's live soccer bet. They're giving odds of twenty-eight to one for Geddes to score two or more on Saturday and. If I was a big gambler, I'd be putting a lot of money on that. Uh, obviously, in, on the last episode that we did, the, the match preview, we mentioned uh, Vicky Wright and, and the Wright family are putting on a uh, experience night at the Prince of uh, Wales Theatre in Cannock on the 20th of October. Uh, that'll be going through the Billy Wright story, talking about some of his classic matches, uh, showing private family photos. And there'll be powerful contributions from legends of the game like Bobby Charlton, Kevin Keegan, and David Beckham and the like. We're going to have a quick break now and then we'll uh, finish off with a quiz. As always, the uh, Fancast Quiz Round is sponsored by our great friends Pixel Yeti Media. 
I actually got quite stumped by uh, Eddie's quiz last week. I'm not sure if many of you saw it. He, he put on a cracking kick quiz. Uh, so this week, I thought I'd become the uh, quiz master general again. Uh, so we've got quite a few questions. I'll, uh, I'm going to put this first one out, which is, Connor Cody scored his first goal for Wolves against Crawley Town. So I'm going to go round the table. You have to name a player in the Wolves starting lineup that night. So it was the EFL Cup, Wolves 2, Crawley 1, and Connor Cody scores the winner. So you've got to cash your mind back roughly. I think it was maybe 2015, 2016. I want you to name the players in the starting lineup that night, and I'm going to come to you first, Jeffo. I hate you, Dan. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus. You really put me on the spot there. You've got to remember, this was the EFL Cup, so when I actually looked yeah. at this earlier, there were some decent, well, it, I was going to say decent. Um, this weren't a great Wolf side, but the, the decent players in that Wolf side were on the bench that night. Oh, God. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll just get Bennett. Oh, this just... I don't think Ryan Bennett was even at Wolves. No, there, I don't so. think he was. I just, I can't even, I can't, my brain's gone. You're straight out. Kim, can you have yeah. a guess? Uh, I'll go. I'm sure he was there at the time, but he might not have been playing. Danny Bart. Danny Bart was one. John? I'm going to go with another defender. I'm going to go with Matt Doherty, I think. Matt Doherty was correct. I'll, uh, I'll just keep a running score. Jeff, do you want to have oh, another go? Nah. Nope. No, nope, I'll stay out. Kim? Oh, God. Um, Joe Mason. Joe Mason scored our first that night. Ooh. John? Uh, going to go, it might not have been playing, it have been a cup game. I'm going to go with the Kimi. Akimi was on the bench that night, I believe. I'm going to call it quits there. Kim's won this round. She gets the one point. Uh, guys, I'm just going to pull up the uh, actual team that night once my uh, streamyard kicks back into gear. There was that. There was some quite well-known names that you were uh, missed out. Obviously, Connor Cody started at right back. Uh, Andy Lonergan started in goal that night. Uh, back four of Cody, Bart, Courtney House, Matt Doherty in midfield. Zhao Teixeira, Jack Price, Lee Evans, Jed Wallace, Boo, um, Joe Mason. And up front that night was James Henry. I mean, just, that's, a, that's a wild team, ain't it? Because that's only like, what, maybe six, seven years ago? We've come a long way, haven't we, Jeffo? That is, looking at that, that is shocking if I would come, actually. I mean, the, the only player I think uh, I'd want to see still playing for Wolves is Jack Price there. That's, what, about, uh, what about Matt Doherty? Come on. Nah, I don't, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan. I'm really not. But, yeah, I can understand, I can understand you you're saying that. Any names stand out for you there, John? Uh, well, looking back, it's crazy, isn't it, compared to the team we have now? Um Obviously, big Courtney House at the back. Yeah. Well, I don't think I would have got uh, Lonergan in goal, to be honest. That would have been a tough one. Where, where does sort of Andy Lonergan uh, rank for you in Wolves' worst goalkeepers, John? 
Uh, well, considering I didn't even remember him playing, I'd say pretty low, to be honest. <laughs> it's going to be near the bottom. We've had some great keepers Jeff over the years. Uh, he, he's, he's up there. I mean, you met some right howlers when he was playing for us. It's, uh, but uh, yeah, I think there's uh, a couple of other a couple of others that probably come to mind that probably say are ahead of him. So probably probably third or fourth worst. I'm going to come to uh, each of you uh, with a quick question. If you uh, add the amount of goals that Connor Cody has scored for Wolves in the Premier League, plus the amount of goal line clearances he's made for Wolves in the Premier League, what does that total? Uh, I'll come to you first, Kim. Mm. Uh, I'll go eight. Uh, John? I'm going to go just slower. I'm going to go seven. Uh, Jeffo? I'm going to go quite a bit higher. I'm going to go 15. The winner of that round by the total of being one closer is Jeffo. The correct answer was 12, five league goals, seven goal line clearances by Connor Cody. The last few questions is a uh, fastest answer first, and there's three pictures. So it's basically, there's a bit of a graphic glitch. And as soon as the player's revealed, it's whoever gets the, uh, the answer right. So don't be afraid to shout out. The first one is coming up now. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I heard Kim first there. Uh, any is any sort of uh, debate that it might have been you there, Jeff? No, nah, no, nah, Kim Carl. She was she was ahead. Kim had the I never, I never. Of you there. I was going to say I'm never good at quizzes, so I don't know what's going on today. She rampage into a, into the lead here. Second picture is coming up now. That looks like Stephen on without a beard. That does. <laughs> no, I need idea. to show that again. No points for anyone there. I'm going to show the picture again as soon as I say the name because he's missing his beard. Is Jack, Jack Price? Price. Oh, oh, no Price. way! Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, balls! Jack Price, the Salop uh, Perlo, and then the last one. And this is my favourite one of this week's quiz round. The picture's coming up now. Who is Danny Sir? Danny Sir. I'm just going to give it Jeffo there, John, because it doesn't really matter because Kim's absolutely rampaged to the win this week. Uh, guys, uh, no, thanks to all those that have tuned in tonight. Obviously, we'll be back on Sunday with hopefully a podcast review of Wolves' win over. Fulham, thanks again for tuning in. Wolves Fancast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Wolves for Sale, John Paul on Instagram. You'll find him on Facebook as well. Uh, as I said, Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Million Network. Make sure you drop a like and subscribe. To end the show this week, we're promoting local Bilston band Smoking Eskimo with their latest single, English Meadow. Take care. <laughs>
Under the moon 